0: This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by Clavio. Clavio helps brands build relationships across any distance, delivering email marketing moments your customers will appreciate, remember, and share in good times and bad. And since it's all driven by real-time e-commerce data, you can make sure every interaction feels more personal. When you have a 360-degree view of a customer, the growth possibilities are endless. Visit Clavio.com/ducttape. duct tape. To schedule a demo, that's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com slash duct tape. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jance. My guest today is Spencer Shannon. He is an entrepreneur and CPA, the founder and CEO of Shift Financial Insights, and he's also the author of a book we're going to talk about today called Entrepreneurs. The surprisingly simple path to financial clarity. So, Spencer, thanks for joining
1: me. Yeah, this is this is excellent. I'm excited to be here. Thank you.
0: So, I read somewhere that you call yourself uh, uniquely positioned to serve as a translator between accountants and entrepreneurs. Why do we need a translator?
1: Yeah, great question. So, I'm <laughs> I'm fortunate that I well, I am a CPA. I did. I actually got my CPA back uh, about 20 years ago. Even more now. And But most of my career, I've been an entrepreneur, so I've actually had bricks and mortar businesses and manufacturing, Mm -hmm. construction, cold storage, and now I have a financial services business. So, you know, I've experienced life both as the CPA and as the entrepreneur. And the reality accounting is a language. It's a technical language that I went to school for three years to learn how to write, create, interpret, read, review. And most entrepreneurs never did that. And I've seen through my friends now, through my clients, where people just don't, where entrepreneurs really struggle and frankly hate dealing with anything to do with their books because it's that technical different language. Uh, maybe everybody has a little bit of knowledge, but really understanding and really understanding those stories buried in the statements is kind of what's missing. And that's where that's where I, I feel like I've, I speak both languages fluently and can can be that link, that bridge between the two groups. Well, so is this technical language still, I mean, why do we have
0: it? Why do we use it <laughs> if if it if it really only serves to kind of uh, keep an entire industry um, alive? Now, and again, I'm being a little facetious,
1: but I mean, sure. why
0: does it exist?
1: So, you know, I, there's no issue in my mind for the underlying purpose of accounting. And I mean, it does, it, it is available and it does create, the foundation, I think the piece that's missing and where the language barrier is, is in the interpretation. So being able to actually draw out those critical things. I mean, I call them the financial insights. So what are the top three things through a financial lens you need to know about your business? So, I mean, why does it, it's almost like, think about getting an MRI, right? If you went to get an MRI at the hospital and they handed it to you, you'd be like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, I know it's an MRI, but I can't read it. It's kind of the same thing. You need that technical underlying MRI technology in order for the doctor to diagnose what's going on. You need the financials in order to interpret what's going on in your business through the financials. So that's why I would say we still do need, <laughs> as much as I I, I don't love the, the day-to-day element of accounting, it is still critical, unfortunately. Well,
0: w- well would there be um, an instance where because I, I, you know, I do marketing and I have, mm-hmm. you know, a, over the years had a number of CPA firms um, as clients. And a great deal of what they were typically trying to do, this is the reason I hired a marketer, mm-hmm. was move from historical reporting to much more of a coaching or planning, you know, proactive model. Sure. And and what, you know, what is that going to take for for that industry to actually... Do that. It's almost. I mean, as a typical entrepreneur, I just like give me the picture book um, is mm-hmm. what I want. You know, of well,
1: the finances. But why can't they do that? Let, let me put it in terms of a construction project for you. So imagine you're going to build yourself a dream home. Okay, right. you're probably going to deal with a general contractor, maybe a builder. They're probably going to call themselves that. And underneath them, they're going to hire a bunch of sub trades, skilled, be it labor. Um, pardon me. Uh, 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 carpenters, um, yeah, plumbers, right. electricians. And then there might be, depending on the size of the project, one or two laborers whose job it is to haul the lumber and haul the concrete and dig ditches, that sure. type of thing. Sure. And we all intuitively know that we need that entire stack to build a house. But now the same thing goes with the accounting department. The difference is at the bottom, you know, that's the transactional function. That's the bookkeepers, the uh, the clerks. And what happens for a lot of small businesses is because of the cost of hiring a bookkeeper and a controller, which is the reporting and compliance function, and a CFO, which is the strategic function, small businesses can't afford that whole stack. So we end up hiring a bookkeeper to handle the entire accounting department. Well, Mm. that's kind of like hiring a laborer to build you an entire house. Different people on the construction site have different skills. Different people in the accounting world have different skills. So the bookkeepers might do a great job, of getting the data into the system. But unless you've got somebody who knows how to diagnose the financials, or unless you have that general contractor, the the accounting equivalent, you're just missing uh, a critical skill set. And we all think about, oh, well, I'll give it to my bookkeeper or accountant. And we use the term really broadly, but there are so many disciplines within accounting and even within bookkeeping that we're often going to the wrong person trying to get that information.
0: So what do you hope to, to accomplish with entrepreneur numbers then?
1: Because
0: uh, I, I, uh, that, that analogy you just gave me makes sense. Um, so mm-hmm. how do we solve that
1: problem? Yeah, great. Um, what I'm hoping to achieve through entrepreneur numbers. So if, if we go to Simon Sinek, start with why, which I imagine you're familiar with. You know, My why is I believe entrepreneurs can change the world. And my why is to help them through their financial blind spot. So, entrepreneur numbers is a really it's really a do it yourself guide to how to change so I'm looking to create a paradigm shift where the entrepreneur doesn't have to become an accountant to understand their accounting. But what I'm trying to do is empower the account- entrepreneur, let me get my words right, to empower the entrepreneur to confidently direct their accounting teams to not only get the information they need when they need it, but most importantly in a format that works for the entrepreneur intuitive, right. simple, quick, easy to make decisions, no accounting lingo, no complex reports, clean and simple. So, how do we get from the MRI and to that clean and simple? Yes. Sure. So, I mean, obviously that's the, to summarize in, in a couple minutes, a 150 or 200 page book, um, a lot of it actually has to do with two things. One is data visualization. So how do we take financial statements, which are complex and bulky, and like I said, technical and turn them into a picture. Now we're doing this visually, so it's a little bit harder. I can't show a picture, but just imagine a chart, you know, with an X and Y axis, and we're looking at kind of like a, what would otherwise look like maybe a stock chart where you can see how the price is going up and down over time. Now, if you just imagine your net income, for example, as that stock line, and then you've got last year at the same time and your budget, assuming you have a budget, and you can look at that and you can instantly know in literally less than two seconds, is my net income better or worse than last year? Is it better or worse than budget? How am I trending over the year? And so if rather than looking at a set of financials with maybe... You know, an income statement has 60, 70, 80, 90 lines and a balance sheet with 40 or 50. You take the critical information and turn it into picture form. Most entrepreneurs like pictures more than they like spreadsheets And, and picking the right information. So number one, it's turning it into data visualization. And number two is pulling the right information out in order to get those top insights.
0: Yeah. And I think that is a really, really crucial part. I mean, there's so much data that we can track. I mean, I know mm-hmm. in, you just look at like Google analytics, which is a, you know, a, a program for looking at somebody's website. Well, there's so much mm-hmm. data in there that a lot of people get overwhelmed because they they don't know what they should be looking at in there. So I, I think that that idea of like what tracking, what matters
1: mm-hmm. and understanding what matters is really the key, isn't it? I, absolutely. I mean, you, you used a beautiful example, um, you know, I don't understand analytics behind websites at all, right? And so imagine if I went into all of the Google Analytics behind and clicked from page, to I wouldn't have a clue. Whereas, you know, what you do is you could make it probably really easy for me to understand in, like, probably two or three minutes what my current situation is and what I need to do in order to move forward. So it's the expertise, like you say, of pulling out the right information. And if you're kind of looking for what's the right information, there's a bunch of free downloads and resources at EntrepreneurNumbers.com, where there, you know, I have what I recommend is a re- monthly reporting package, and there's a sample of a monthly reporting package, so you can see, like, oh, okay, I actually get it. And I'm pretty sure there's a a video of me doing a case study, walking some. I'm virtually certain, uh, doing a case study, walking somebody through um, their quote unquote new reporting package, and it's really game changing when the information is in a way that's just so intuitive that whether you're financially sophisticated or not, or have an accounting background or not. It's like, I get it. This podcast is brought to you by Clavio,
0: the growth marketing platform most recommended by other business leaders. In uncertain times, supporting your community and growing relationships with your customers is a strategy that will be appreciated, remembered and shared. In good times and bad, open and empathetic communication with your customers is key. Email is and always will be one of the best channels for delivering these communications. Visit clavio.com slash duct tape to schedule a demo. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot slash duct tape. So would reporting like that, for example, um, be actually more useful to a bank? Instead of so, you know, they always ask for the balance sheet and for all this yeah. stuff. But would reporting like that actually be be more useful in telling the story of the health of the business?
1: Yes and no. Uh, the bank is still gonna want the traditional financial statements. And so I, I call yeah. that like the, on, the help, basic help me out here, Spencer. I'm trying to throw all of this stuff out the window and, and just like get pictures. <laughs> Give me the so, picture. So here's one. the Here's the balance. If you actually look at the monthly reporting package I mentioned on Entrepreneurs, it's broken into a few sections. The first sort of, well, on the page, it looks like about three quarters. That's all the stuff that's for the entrepreneur. Those are those pretty pictures you're talking about, the intuitive stories, the insights. At the back end, which is actually probably more pages, is the traditional financial information that I call the hygiene. That's the basic hygiene, the day-to-day stuff that we all... Kind of hate about accounting, but has to be there. It's the necessary evil of accounting. That's for bankers. That's for if you ever get audited. That's for if you ever want to sell your business, you know, your buyers, bankers are going to go through all that stuff, all your hygiene. So all of that has to be there as well. So the way that I recommend putting the package together is all the stuff for the entrepreneur up front and all the stuff for the bank at the back. Now, here's the thing. If you have your package like that where it absolutely does help the bank is if you're going for a loan and they look at this and go like, wow, this person has their act. So together, I am more likely to trust what they're doing and their planning. So while technically they're just going to go into their risk departments and plug in your financials into their models and you'll never understand it, you'll never see the person who actually determines if you get a loan or not, but you're putting your best foot forward with a complete package. They're like, wow, they actually understand their numbers. You're already 80% ahead than most of entrepreneurs.
0: I, I do have to tell you that, that you, you the use of the word hygiene, you know, may actually
1: makes this stuff scarier um, to, to me. But <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, think of hygiene like the bathroom in a restaurant. OK, like be a restaurant <laughs> owner for a moment. No, 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 I'm serious. I'm serious. OK, all right, is, I'm with is, you. okay so you're the do you own? You, you have a restaurant. Of course, there's a bathroom in there is the bathroom for you. N- not mostly. Not mostly. It's for your customers and then your staff. And if you happen to be in the restaurant and need to use the facilities, you'll use it. Same thing with your accounting hygiene. It's not for you, the entrepreneur. It is for the bankers. It is for the auditors and all that stuff. And yes, you've got to get it right. That's just basic stuff that's just in the category of, yeah, it sucks, but you got to get it right. It's the insights. It's, it's, it's the, the the hygiene is there to actually deliver the insight so that you can go in and do that work. And I mean, if you walk into a nice restaurant and the bathroom is a disaster, ugh, you, you don't feel so good about those clams you're about to have for dinner. Right. So <laughs> and I chose clams because it really makes you nauseous. But anyway, um, <laughs> it, it's actually quite similar. So, you know, you've got to get the hygiene right to inform the insights the same way you just have to get the hygiene in a, in a restaurant. Right. There's just no way around it. You have to do it. Sorry. Uh,
0: no. All right. All right. So, so you really got my attention in this book with the top three insights. I like small <laughs> numbers, of, <laughs> you know, of things to pay attention to. So how, wh- what, what's the eventual process, you know, to getting to these? I mean, is this something that sure. evolves? Is it something where you could walk into a business and look at their financials and go, oh, here's what, here, are, here they are, or is this
1: just like a, a living, breathing kind of evolving thing? So the, the top three insights should evolve over time as the business evolves. And, and I approach it from a perspective of, A, you can always get stuck in analysis paralysis. So let's not do that. And, you know, let's start with, there's there's actually a list, again, on that free download of the reporting package summary and a sample of the types of analysis you might want to do. And starting with the easiest is really a budget variance analysis. Let's assume we have a budget where I don't think we have time to to bust into the budget conversation today. Then prior year variance analysis. How am I doing compared to budget? How am I doing compared to last year? And then it gets a little bit more complex and it gets into some of the, and these are stuff that you entrepreneurs shouldn't be doing. This is stuff you should be demanding your accounting team is doing for you. And if they're not, or they can't, red flag, you need to think about something else. So you know, a classic example. I mean, you're you're a marketing um, expert. And so, you know, we, we do tend to work with a lot of marketing clients. And what we notice is they might have, um, you, you know, uh, actually a live example that happened is they had almost 100 jobs in the past 12 months. Well, 60 of those 100 jobs represented 8% of their revenue. So they hmm. spent over half of their time on jobs that contributed to less than 10% of their revenue. So things like that are where the insights come out, where there are a bunch of sort of standard analysis that can be done, and they're all listed in that um, reporting package summary. That's, again, available for free. Um, Different ways to look at it. And, again, you should be holding your accounting team accountable to delivering that to you. Because the reason the insights are so important is the example I just gave. They were actually losing money on over half of their clients because they were too small. Yep. Whereas before they had insights, they were spending a bunch of time worrying that they spent $1,500 too much on uh, office expenses. Bad example right now because a lot of people don't have office expenses. But um, point being is they were trying to track down, well, we overspent by $1,500. Well, your labor is off by 80000 I don't really care about the $1,500 office expense problem until I can solve the $80,000 labor problem. Let's go after those big things first to actually really drive profitability into the business.
0: You know, now what's interesting is you are putting that in the context of sort of a financial discussion, but that's actually a marketing strategy uh, example that you just gave there. I mean, we do that all the time with clients to say, look, you should be firing, you know, half of your clients yeah. because, you know, or whatever, because they're not profitable. And so because they're not profitable, they're probably not out there telling their friends and family about how great you are. Um, totally. So it's, it's interesting that I, I love it that we were able to, we were able to find some common ground.
1: Totally. And now imagine you've got a list of all of your clients rank ordered by most profitable, least profitable, and you can now set a new A hurdle rate where we want minimum profitability per client of X, everybody below that either gets a price increase or a thank you, nice to work with you letter, or you have to find bigger clients. So imagine the power of not only doing that intuitively, but knowing to the client who fits your model and who doesn't. So you're not wasting time on the wrong ones. That kind of stuff is game changing. So
0: and I know I'm, I'm prepared for your, it depends answer here, but <laughs> is, there, is there a size of business stage of business maturity where that they should really get serious about this? Or is this, is this something that's really, once you're, you know, once you're to this like growth level, you know, you have to start
1: thinking about. It. So what I've noticed, and this actually doesn't really depend. <laughs> what I've <laughs> noticed is that most entrepreneurs have the capacity to kind of manage everything on their own through their gut you know, to the, you know, somewhere between a half a million to a million. Um, Once it gets beyond that, there's just starts to be complexity. They've probably added new lines of services or new products or whatever it is they're selling. And then the complexity goes up, more people, more complexity, job costing. And generally there's a real pain point between about one and a half and, or pardon me, a half and almost one and a half million where, they're still struggling through. And then something magical happens somewhere in the range between one and two where the pain gets real. And the yeah. inability to understand the, and the quote unquote flying blind feeling of not having meaningful financial information gets painful enough that they actually do something about it. Because until then, the pain of dealing with accounting is actually more painful than not having good accounting. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because like there, there's a survey. 40% of entrepreneurs think accounting and taxes is the worst part of owning a business. So that's nearly half of entrepreneurs feel that way. Yeah, yeah. That's why it ends up lasting a bit. And frankly, yeah. entrepreneurs end up in crisis mode.
0: Well, you know, it's interesting. I'll bet you there um, is data that would back this up. I've worked with a lot of entrepreneurs that get stuck there at that, mm-hmm. sure. that, that million-ish level. And they're nice, happy, seemingly successful businesses at that level, but they can't get beyond that. And I I suspect that what you're just talking about is maybe one of the
1: reasons. I mean, there's definitely going to be a few reasons. I think the lack of financial clarity is a huge one. It's so empowering when you know your numbers and you know that these are the type of clients that are profitable. You know, this segment of your business is not profitable. You know... Uh, where money is leaking out you've got that early warning system when things aren't going the way they should from a financial perspective so yeah. much easier to move under those circumstances now there are other things they have to learn and they have to learn and master their marketing if they're not getting yeah. in front of clients they're not going to be successful either so there are you know there's probably a half a dozen really critical fun fundamentals, marketing being one, accounting and finance being the yeah. other, uh, one of the other ones for
0: sure. But I think having clarity, though, around that idea of, of exactly the kind of client from a financial mm-hmm. standpoint, not just from a behavior mm-hmm. or a problem standpoint, from a financial standpoint, would probably stop some entrepreneurs going, sure, we can do that. How hard could that be, you know, when they take a new client? Um, that isn't right. You know, I, I think that that's, you know, totally. having... Having the financial clarity, you might actually give them sort of the posture to say no, maybe more often.
1: I mean, I think that's, you know, not the inability to say no for a lot of entrepreneurs is as, is as problematic as yeah. taking on the wrong client. I mean, it, it is the problem for sure. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And, and by the way, I've seen instances where clients who were a great fit financially were a terrible fit culturally or, you know, for how right, they right. line up. and. Sure the decision was made, we're still not going to work with that client going forward because they're t- they're causing disruption for the business. Cool. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it's a mix of both for sure. Yeah. Makes total sense.
0: Spencer, uh, where can people find out more about numbers and some of the, the, the resources you mentioned?
1: Sure, Entreprenumbers.com uh, is a great spot. Some free downloads, free information. There's a link to the book, of course. Um, I'm Spencer at shiftfinancial.co Not.com, the entrepreneur numbers is .com, Spencer at shiftfinancial.co. And uh, I'll tell you what, just as an offer uh, to your listeners, the first half dozen that that reach out to me with Duct Tape Marketing as the um, subject line, I will do a free consulting session where I'll actually go through their financials with them and tell them whatever I see, whatever I notice um, I can usually pick out if there's some bookkeeping issues going on. I can help them see what insights might be relevant for their business. So, free uh, free opportunity for the first half dozen that put duct tape marketing uh, in their subject line to me.
0: Awesome, I appreciate that, and 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 be prepared to have Spencer question that miscellaneous category in your chart of accounts. <laughs> yes,
1: I I hate the miscellaneous category. <laughs> I suspected you. might.
0: <laughs> Spencer, thanks so so much for uh, stopping by and uh, hopefully we'll uh, run into you when we can all get back out there on the road again someday.
1: Thanks, John. That was super fun. Really appreciate it.